0: to help you navigate the Westminster Confession of Faith and to see you understand what you believe and why you believe it welcome to this we confess <music> Westminster Confession of Faith, Chapter 5, of Providence, Paragraph 5. The most wise, righteous, and gracious God doth oftentimes leave for a season his own children to manifold temptations and the corruption of their own hearts, to chastise them for their former sins, or to discover unto them the hidden strength of corruption and deceitfulness of their hearts, that they may be humbled, and to raise them to a more close and constant dependence for their support upon himself, and to make them more watchful against all future occasions of sin, and for sundry, other, just, and holy ends. The Christian life is not always an easy life. Many people assume that if I come to know Christ as my Saviour, then for the rest of my days everything will be smooth sailing. It will always be jelly and ice cream and happiness. But any Christian who is telling the truth would explain politely that this is not always the case. And here in paragraph 5 of chapter 5 of the Westminster Confession, we see what R.C. Sproul calls God's corrective wrath, or how God chastises and disciplines us as his children. And make no mistake, in this paragraph, the Westminster Divines are speaking about the children of God, men and women like you and I who have trusted in Christ as our Saviour. And they tell us something quite startling about God's relationship with us. The paragraph states, "...that the most wise, righteous and gracious God doth oftentimes leave for a season his own children to manifold temptations and the corruption of their own hearts." And perhaps at this stage, listening to this podcast, you think, but this cannot be true. God has promised that he will never leave us nor forsake us. Our God is a loving God. He is kind to us and full of grace and full of mercy. So how could a loving God do this to his children? Of course, to such a question, the answer can be found in the word of God. In Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 5, we read, Know then in your heart, that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. It is as we read in Hebrews 12 and verse 6, For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Friends, today if you believe that you're going through a period in your life where you feel that the Lord has left you for a season to manifold temptations and the corruption of your own hearts, It is not because he is an angry, vengeful God, but he disciplines his children. If you are blessed to be a parent, then you will know that sometimes you will have to correct your children. Sometimes you will shout at your children. Sometimes the naughty seat will be called upon, or it's early to bed with no supper. We do not do these things because we despise our children. Instead, we discipline and chastise our children because we love them and we want to correct them. And we want to see them grow up in a good way. So in the same manner, paragraph 5 here speaks of God's corrective wrath. His wrath upon us which corrects and disciplines and guides us and has a holy and righteous purpose. God oftentimes leaves for a season his own children to manifold temptations and the corruption of their own hearts. We should be encouraged that this is only for a season, as the Westminster Divines say. And we see this all throughout the Scriptures. But God's leaving us to manifold temptations and the corruption of our own hearts is to serve a purpose. And the Westminster Divines continue to say that it is to chastise us for our former sins or to help us to discover the hidden strength of corruption and deceitfulness of our hearts. And also, that we will be humbled. God's purpose in leaving us to our manifold temptations and the corruption of our own hearts is to grow us up. It is to chastise us for our former sins. It is to show us just how sinful sin actually is. It is to help us to despise our sin, to flee from it, to repent of it and return on to Jesus. It is also to help us to discover the hidden strength of corruption and deceitfulness of our own hearts. Often as Christians, we can fall into the lie that we're not actually that bad, that our hearts are not actually that black or deceitful. Sometimes God leaves us for a season to show us just how corrupt and deceitful our own hearts are. Our motives are never pure, and when we point the finger to others, we often fail to point the finger at ourselves. These times of God's providential leaving of his children is to show us that our hearts are often as black as night. But not only is it to chastise us for sin and to show us the corruption of our hearts, but to humble us. There are very few of us out there today who could not do with some degree of humbling. We can walk through life as Christian men and women, knowing that it is by grace we have been saved, but yet, for some reason, in the sinfulness of our own hearts, we are filled with arrogance and pride. Sometimes God leaves us, for a season, to be humbled. We see this clearly in the life and times of King Hezekiah. In Second Chronicles 32, we read, In those days, Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death. And he prayed to the Lord, and the Lord answered him and gave him a sign. But... Hezekiah did not make return according to the benefit done to him, for his heart was proud. Therefore wrath came upon him, and Judah, and Jerusalem. Hezekiah, in the history books of the Old Testament, was one of the few good kings. And yet here we see his heart was proud. He was not a humble king. Therefore God sends this correcting wrath upon him, and Judah, and Jerusalem. Thankfully, in verse 26 of this same chapter, we see that Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart, both he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the wrath of the Lord did not come upon them in the days of Hezekiah. And we see a similar situation in Deuteronomy 8. Moses speaks to the people and tells them, You shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you, and let you hunger, and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Know then, in your heart, that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. The children of Israel in the wilderness were being disciplined by the Lord. They had sinned against him, and so they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And in that time, the Lord was humbling them. They knew what it was to hunger. They were fed with manna, which they could not provide for themselves. And all of this was so that the Lord would show them that they were not to live by bread alone, but every word that came from the mouth of God. God's correcting discipline here, Was to humble these people. And as is stated again in Deuteronomy 8 and 5, it was because the Lord loved these people. As a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Friends, today, if you believe that you are in a time of corrective wrath, a time of disciplining, you should be encouraged by that notion. I know our first reaction in times like that is to question the Lord's goodness. Where is the Lord? How can he let me go through this? Why am I experiencing the situations I am? Even in the darkest days of our Christian walk, God's providential plan and care for us has a wonderful and holy purpose. Today, if you feel that you are going through this period of discipline, rejoice and also repent. I'm always challenged in this passage that one of God's purposes is that we may be humbled. I know in my own life this is something that I need to hear constantly. Not one of us can live by bread alone. Not one of us can live by our own strength alone. And so these times of disciplining, as in the case of Hezekiah, the children of Israel, and indeed in our own experience, should cause us to be humbled and to run unto Jesus. The paragraph ends with that very thought in mind. For these times of corrective wrath and discipline are to raise us to a more close and constant dependence to God. They are to make us more watchful against all future occasions of sin and for other just and holy ends. God has a purpose in his disciplining of his children. God has a purpose in the times of darkness that you experience. The Christian will know times of illness. The Christian will know times of sadness. The Christian will know what it is like to have relationships that come to a close. The Christian will know what it is to be rebuked harshly. The Christian will know what it is to experience dryness in their times of prayer and Bible reading. The Christian will often know these dark and stormy days, which sometimes will be under the hand of a disciplining God. But in those moments, know that these times are just for a season and the Lord's purpose is for us to know our depravity and to run to Him and to produce in us by His Holy Spirit a more close and constant dependence upon the Lord Himself. We see this in the life of the Apostle Paul. In 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 7, Paul says, "...to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations." A thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me and to keep me from becoming conceited. Paul knew rightly that due to the nature of his ministry, he could very quickly become conceited. Many glorious and wonderful things had been revealed to Paul. And so to protect him and to keep him from being conceited, the Lord gives him this thorn in the flesh. And there's much discussion about what that thorn in the flesh was. And we won't spend time on that today. But Paul makes it clear this thorn was given to him. He pleaded with the Lord that it should be removed. But the Lord said to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, says Paul, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul's thorn in the flesh served to discipline him. It served to keep him from conceit, and it served to remind him that God's grace was enough. Paul was being raised up by the thorn in the flesh to a more close and constant dependence for his support upon God. But not only does the Lord raise us up to this constant dependence on him, but he uses these times of discipline to make us more watchful against all future occasions of sin. During these times of discipline, perhaps the Lord is using them to show us the blackness of our heart and sins that have tripped us up in the past. Knowing these sins then, knowing the wide range of temptations that we have succumbed to in the past, we praise God for his disciplining providence and we endeavor to strive to walk on the righteous path, not falling into the traps that we have done previously. In Psalm 119, in verse 9, we read, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. God shows us our sin, and his word helps us not to fall into the traps of the past. And in the very same Psalm, in verse 101, we read, I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. This should be our prayer coming through a time of chastisement and discipline from the hand of the Lord, our prayer should be, Father, keep us from the evil path. Show us the truth of your word. Guide us into all righteousness. And so these times of discipline are to grow us up in the faith and cause us to lean on Christ alone, but also to make us more watchful against all future occasions of sin. If we know the traps, then we avoid the traps, If we know the word, then we are strengthened by the word, and the Lord, by his Holy Spirit, makes us watchful against all future temptation and sinful ways. And the paragraph closes by saying that God can also use these times of discipline for sundry other just and holy ends. Or, in other words, these times are used in a multitude of ways, but every one of those ways leads to a just and holy end. The Lord is at work in your life. The Lord is growing you up in the faith. He is sanctifying you. He is making you more like Jesus. He does it by the ordinary means of grace. And sometimes he does it by leaving you for a season to manifold temptations and the corruption of your own hearts. The Lord is not malicious in this, but he is loving and good and righteous You are his child, and he is your father, and he is for you. Perhaps as we go through these times, the Lord is showing us that we need to be more in his word. Perhaps he is teaching us about our dependence upon him and our need for constant and passionate prayer. Maybe the Lord is using these times of discipline to take the log out of our eye just as we judge everybody else. The Lord is doing something in you and in me as he disciplines us. And so in the face of this discipline and chastisement today, may our prayer be that of David in the 139th Psalm. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there is any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. With this slightly shorter podcast today, we've only got three questions. Question one. What are the two things that God sometimes for a season leaves us to? Question two. In these times of discipline, what does this paragraph tell us we will discover? And finally, question three. The paragraph ends on a positive note, saying that God will raise us out of these times of discipline. What does the Lord raise us to after these times of discipline have come to an end? That's all for today. As always, my name is Scott Woodburn, and until next time, this we confess.